Welcome back to another episode of Nick Tiffany's Movie Reviews in the podcast form. Continuing my 10 best or favorite films of 2022 series. Today we're going to be talking about Baz Luhrmann's Elvis. Um, some were surprised that I enjoyed this perhaps as much as I did. I was a little surprised myself. Um, it's not a film without its issues. And it's a reason why, again, it's probably on that lower end of my top 10 um still love the movie um but in in terms of one that i might have a few more gripes with and those that i have fewer gripes with um but first and foremost i should tell everyone i'm a baz lerman fan unapologetically i know a lot of people are very mixed on his style um he loves to go old school with his films in terms of the the period the costumes everything but he loves blending a lot of new music with that. Um, and The Great Gatsby was probably the best example of dividing an audience. Um, you know, for me, here I was in high school, like, oh, they made The Great Gatsby cool and awesome. I'm like, we watched the Robert Redford version. And so, yeah, I mean, like, it was fun. It was fine. He's, I, he's a great actor. Um, I have no desire to ever watch that film again, though. Um, because I guess for us in the generation we grew up in and what we knew and saw from video games and movies and extravagant films and whatnot, it was kind of like, all right, when I read The Great Gatsby and you read about the the grandiose parties they were having and just the excessive wealth and picturing all these things, I mean, like Baz Luhrmann did a phenomenal job of making it seem like it was the, the most happening place on earth. These parties and the extravagance of Jay Gatsby's home and pools and t-shirts everything um and so i was i always look forward to his projects because he does give his all he does go absolutely crazy (laughs) sometimes um but i think as a director you need to do that you know i'd rather they swing for the fences than play it safe and tell us the same story that we've heard over and over again um so when i heard baz lerman was going to be doing an elvis movie i was like okay I bet we're going to get real singing. I bet we're going to get, you know, some narration or some some form of, uh, you know, musical cue from uh, the 21st century. I was right about that. Um, we'll just get it out of the way first. The film, as most biopics do, they have to... It's tough to tell an artist's story, especially in a two-and-a-half-hour film. Um, biopics are hard because a lot of people are like, well, hey, you never touched on this. You never talked about how Elvis died on the toilet. Or you never talked about how he did this one crazy show here. He had this horrible accident here. Uh, you didn't talk about enough of his kid life growing up. Um, and it's tough. Uh, and so as a director, as a storyteller, you have to choose the story you're telling. You have to choose the portion of his life to to highlight while also hitting some of those other topics. But um, is this a film that looks at Elvis's upbringing, how he was kept from glory in a lot of ways from his own manager, played by Tom Hanks in this film, um, how much of his career was dictated by seemingly the government, and people who didn't want him performing certain songs in certain areas of the country or, you know, helping uh, normalize black music and 
black dancing and black songs. Um, so this film really looks at his impact in the music world, what happened to him, and and kind of how he was held back by more than a few means. Um, and to be honest, there was so much of this that I had no clue about at all. Um, I I knew that he was. Uh, I knew he had southern upbringings. I knew that he was heavily influenced by a lot of the blues and the uh, the community he grew up around, and and that's where I feel like you know today's audiences or today's people will talk about. Oh, you know, there's not enough credit to the black artists who came before him and helped you know really shape him. Um, and something I think this film does really well, though, is really does highlight where Elvis got his love of music, of spirituality, of so many things. It was spending time around these black people who he grew up with, with soul music, with blues, um, you know, the revivalist church tents, and he's learning, you know, church music and how different it can be than the hymns you might sing in choir. Um, and I think the best thing they do is they showcase it through a child. You know, where you grow up, you don't choose that. Who your friends are, where you're at, you know, that's that's what life is. It's circumstance. And his circumstances, you know, he made the most, just like everyone else around them was making the most of what they did. Um, and he was so heavily influenced by certain kinds of bluegrass. I'm like, all these different musics. Um, and so when he started channeling that into his own performance which the film makes note of at the very beginning, you know, they're like, oh, that's pretty good, but, you know, we could never get this kind of song on the radio. You know, they're just not ready for black music yet. And they're like, well, get a load of this. This fella's white, you know, and he's shaking and dancing like he's black, and it's just blowing their minds. Um, and I just, there were so many times in this film and perhaps it's just being so, well, not so far removed from overt racism and you know laws of segregation and certain things in our country it really is not that far from it but watching a film where you know here's where all the white people can stand for the for the concert and colored people will sit over here um you know you can't perform this song because uh well you know southern audiences they don't want to hear black songs we don't want to incite too much uh energy in the South, and we don't want this to, to take over and be a thing to celebrate, and I like, I don't know, there were so many moments that it baffles me that people are so heartless, it baffles me that this was just accepted in our society, and obviously there were voices opposing it, and a lot of people hated it, but um, it's disgusting, um, and it was like, it was heart-wrenching to watch. And, you know, later on in the moment, there's a, a really just horrible scene in the sense that you just feel horrible um, because someone influential in Elvis's life and upbringing had passed. Um, and all he wanted to do was travel back down to the South, pay homage to her, um, perform even some of her songs at her funeral. And, of course, Tom Hanks as his manager is like, oh, no, nope, we can't get you anywhere. You're stuck on this many shows you have to do this um and that's the side of the film that really you know, emotionally grabbed me um was just watching how someone could be so screwed over 
by their manager. Um, and this isn't an unusual story in the world, whether it's Hollywood, music, um, wherever. Uh, there's always an understanding that, you know, having a music producer or having somebody put all these things together for you, they're not doing nothing. They're the ones reaching out. They're the ones booking you gigs, all these things. And I understand that there is a, uh, a give and take there. There should be. Um, and that's what Elvis thought he had for a while. You know, here's this guy, the Colonel was his name. And, uh, you know, he's going to help get me all these snow jobs, which I hope is as weird for you to hear as it is for me to say out loud. <laughs> Cause that's another one of those. I didn't know it was a thing, but you know, it's the, the best I can guess is it's some kind of, you know, Hey, we're going to set up a job and we're going to make snow and snow is money. And, you know, we're just working until we can get to the next job. Um, but they just kept saying that word <laughs> throughout the movie. And maybe I'm just immature, but it's coming out of Tom Hanks's mouth with his cigar. He's like, hey, we got to do another snow job. Yeah. He didn't really talk like that, but it sounded like that to me. Um, you know, for a while, it's like, hey, we're going to get Elvis on the map. I'm going to book you the right gigs. I'm going to do all this. We're going to get your career going. You can sing the songs you want to sing. And it was great. Until, oh, you know, well, certain people don't want you singing certain songs on TV because we can't have some people in the South thinking that this is okay. And um, that's a real crossroads for Elvis because he's kind of like, screw this. This is my music. This is what I was raised on. How can you tell me that I can't do this? And how could you treat people like that? And eventually Elvis gets sent off to war. Like, oh, we'll help rehabilitate your image when you come home. We'll get you in some movies, all this stuff. It it was just crazy to see how many background strings are being pulled in this man's life. Um, I haven't talked about the man himself yet, so I figure now is as good a time as any 10 minutes in. Uh, Austin Butler. All the, the praise. He is undoubtedly my best actor pick for the year 2022. Um he completely immersed himself in this role. Um, there wasn't a moment that I didn't doubt that he was Elvis Presley when he was speaking, singing, crying. You know, his every movement was Elvis. Um, and I did a lot of, you know, because this is a, a director and a project I like and have interest in. Um, they were going to start filming right about when COVID had happened. Um, because there's been a lot of, you know, Austin Butler, if you've seen any interview with him on the red carpet or whatever, the joke is whoever his voice trainer was needs to be paid an infinite amount of money because this man cannot shake the Elvis voice. It has not gone away. You know, he's still kind of talking in interviews. His voice is still a little bit lower. You know, he's got this, I forget where he's from, but you're like, you don't sound like this. This is not your real voice, but it is now. Um, cause he spent so much time embodying this character. Um, and so when COVID happened and the shutdown took place, um, you know, I think, uh, Australia's shutdown, I think, uh, from my understanding, a little more tighter, secure, perhaps than the uh, shutdown that we had here in America. And by tighter, I just mean maybe a little more strict. It was a little bit harder to get out and do things. And so, he decided, because they were filming in Australia, I'm going to stay here. And for these next few months, you know, I'm living by myself pretty much. 
So I'm going to keep at it. I'm going to keep acting. I'm going to keep working on this voice, keep singing his songs, keep getting better at all these things so that once we come back and start filming, I'm going to be ready. Um, Because as an actor, that's hard. When when you spend months prepping, um, and not just for acting, for the whole movie itself, all these people who have flown here, who are ready to start production, who are leaving their families, doing all this stuff, and it's like, oh God, I guess, uh, I guess we gotta wait a few months. That's tough. And Baz Luhrmann talked about the fact that it gave them time to kind of reshape the film a little bit, get a better idea of the story they wanted to tell. Um, but it, you know, they felt like they were stuck in limbo, like all the rest of us. And so, when they finally started making the film, you know, I read. Baz Luhrmann was saying, he's like, we've got so much. We have an entire concert footage that Austin Butler did as Elvis. You know, like he was actually there in Vegas, and I'm going to put on an entire set list for you as Elvis, Um, which I thought was just insane, but also just really cool. Um, And it really shows you, I think, like watching them through the awards season as well and how they speak about each other. And this really was such a partnership, I think, between them Um, and how much they care for the character of Elvis and how much justice I think that they wanted to do and give to him and his family. Because like most people who have gone and seen this film, it was horrifying to learn how much he was being taken advantage of. Um, And I don't want to go too far into the spoilers of the story because I think that it's best served watching it in the film. Um, because Austin Butler, on you know, just on top of embodying Elvis, um, so many performances that he gives in the film are just, they're going to knock your socks off. Um, it felt like I was watching the real Elvis performing this. I've heard these songs. I can hear how close that voice is. Um, the dedication just to the full commitment of this. I mean, like, seriously, there's... Well, the last scene in particular and one of the last performances that Butler gives is just heartbreaking because you see the culmination of everything that's happened to him and how they're keeping him going show after show. Um, It's horrible. And you can just see this transformation physically as Elvis is deteriorating. Um, And Butler, I'm like, I just... I don't know, I was almost crying. I was just like, Jesus, what did they do to him? Um, And it's a credit to the the whole team over there, hair, makeup, everything, because it just visually strikes you in a way that you won't forget. Um, And there's one moment, and again, I won't go too much into spoilers, Um, but eventually everybody knows Elvis has a residency in Vegas, one of the first of its kind, um, and so much of this film, I'm like, you know, you're witnessing the horrifying things that can happen when you have a manager not looking out for your best interests, and hey, you know, we're gonna get you on 13 shows on the road in a row, and we're gonna have you going and going and going and going and going, because you could always make more money, um, they make a slight little comment when they're discussing, you know, for all the grandparents out there, you know, Elvis in his fourth year here, and then also the new teen sensation or the kid teen sensation group, the Jackson Five, playing at MGM in their new residency. And I about like spit out my drink because I, you know, and I'm admitted Jackson Five, Michael Jackson, Latoya, 
Janet, the group, Tito, everybody, Jermaine. I love the Jacksons. I grew up listening to the Jackson 5 and the Jacksons. Um, and Michael Jackson especially. And if you know anything about the Jacksons and Joe Jackson, you know, it was baffling to me here that I'm like, you got kids performing a residency in Vegas because there's nothing you won't do for money. And if it only comes at the price of exploiting your children or exploiting the talent, then so be it. It's a small price for the manager to pay. Um, but that, like, put a lot of things into perspective for me, too, just in terms of, like, wow, if you think what's happening to him is bad, look what's happening to these children. Um, and so with that, I'm like, the, God, the music industry is just so, so twisted and crazy, not unlike the film industry at all. Um, but hearing these stories about, you know, in my head, I'm like, oh, Elvis took over the world. I'm sure he was everywhere. You know, he did Hawaiian movies. He's out here, probably in Japan, probably in China, England doing whatever. No, it wasn't like that. And, you know, my assumptions could not have been more wrong about so many things that I thought about who he was and the, the career that he had. Um, and so with that, I just, I, I would strongly implore any fan of music or film to watch this movie. Um, you'll probably be annoyed by Tom Hanks like I was. There's like a lot of, not a lot, but some unnecessary narration that kind of takes you out of it for a little bit. And it's just like, all right, let this be over. He's just asking really, he's like, did I kill Elvis Presley? Was it me? I don't know. Or was it the road? And I'm like, I don't need you to ask the questions that are being posed by the film. You know, I think, uh, I think we're smart enough to understand what's going on here and what the characters are doing. So, um, those gripes aside, uh, and, and Hank's bordering sometimes on laughable and just like, I don't, this is a little much. Um, I really came out of this movie it moved and affected in a really monumental way. I went and started listening to more Elvis music because there were, again, I'm like, you know, here are songs that I never knew where Elvis is or I never knew that he did the cover for, and that's what became famous. Um, and so I just, it, it stuck with me. I haven't gone back and watched it again, but uh, I just rewatched Rocket Man again the other day uh, with Taron Edgerton, another outstanding, phenomenal performance when he was playing Elton John. Um, and commitment to the role, physically, vocally, every way. I mean, in both parts, like these are two triumphant performances and Austin Butler will probably win the Academy Award for Best Actor um, whereas Taron Edgerton was not even nominated you know we got Rami Malek for the uh, the Queen movie with those horrible teeth and uh, and not actually singing live mind you and not really singing the songs I know no one is ever going to sound like Freddie Mercury but you might as well try I don't know why you wouldn't you know um, and so it just like, you know, that's just my award season's blues. I am so happy for Butler. I really do think that this is just going to catapult him into all sorts of stardom and new films. And I'm looking forward to, uh, to what he can bring in future projects. Baz Luhrmann, again, you continue to impress and show me that there's no, 
No shortage of ways that you can continue to surprise an audience as well by the the musical choices you can make. Um, but uh, but no, really, truly, I think this is a phenomenal film. I think as far as what's reachable to all crowds and audiences as well, um, this really did stick out as one that, I mean, you can watch this with the whole family, grandma, grandpa, grandkids. Um, I think everybody will get something from this story. And at the very least, you're going to see some incredible performing. And, you know, you're going to be even more a fan of Elvis than you were before. So, with that, Elvis is in the book. And we're going to move on to the next film in our top ten series. Thanks again for listening, guys. <laughs>